Good afternoon, y'all. It's good to see y'all's face today. Um, guys, today, St. Francis Xavier Silos. Uh, if I had my top five saints, he's up in the top five. So this is a really fun week for me because Francis of Assisi is yesterday. He's my number one man. And then Francis Xavier Silos is right there next to him. Um, I met Father Silos um, when I was in the seminary, right? I say I met him. I didn't, like he's dead. Um, but he lives forever in heaven, right? So I, was, I say introduced to him. Let's say it that way. Um, whenever I was in the seminary at Notre Dame in New Orleans, and uh, one of my buddies um, told me about him, and I was like, dude, there's a saint in New Orleans, and like, I, we got to go see him. So it's right there in downtown uh, off of Magazine Street in New Orleans, and, uh, and his body is buried there. And so I was just totally immediately attracted to him and felt a deep friendship with him, uh, connected very deeply with him. So his story, just to kind of give you a background, um, is that whenever he was a young man, the Blessed Mother appeared to him. He's from Germany, by the way, in the 1800s. Uh, the Blessed Mother appeared to him and showed him a map of the United States and said, I'm, I'm calling you here to bring the gospel. And so he ended up joining the Redemptorist, um, now, back in those days, once you got on a boat and you left from overseas and you came to the land of America, you really didn't go back home, right? This was the 1800s. And so um, I was totally, there was a moment because I was struggling and my vocation was like, I'm leaving my family, you know? Like, like there's this, there's this uh, separation that takes place in discernment where you realize, like, I've got to go where the Lord calls me, even if that means to the ends of the world, you know, a man leaves his mother and father, right? So, um, so I was struggling with that in the seminary. Um, and so what happened with Father Silos was as he was leaving Germany, he knew that very well he would never, ever, ever see his family again, ever. And he was leaving, he was telling his family members goodbye, about to get on the boat. And whenever he hugged his dad, his dad looked at him and he just pointed up. And Francis Xavier knew that that was his dad's way of saying, the next time I see you is when we'll be together in heaven. Right? Now imagine you had no cell phones. You, wouldn't, you couldn't stay in touch with your kids and your family. Like your son has gone to follow the will of God. And the next time you see him or hear from him is going to be when he's in heaven. A tremendous sacrifice. And his writings speak about that sacrifice of having to, to, you know, leave his family and stuff. So I really connected. I remember at that moment, I just busted out crying. I'm like, holy moly. Like, I, I, at least I can see my mom and dad, right? Um, he didn't. He left it all and followed God's will. And so he comes to the great states of, of, uh, of the USA. And he ends up getting uh, settled in um, Pennsylvania. Um, up there, uh, and he was a, a, an associate priest uh, with the Redemptorist Order. So his pastor was also a phenomenal man, uh, John Henry Newman, right? St. John Henry Newman was his pastor. So I think that's just kind of cool, right? Like he was formed by a saint. So then saints kind of, they, they hang out with each other. Saints, saints hang out with, with other saints. It's just the kind of the way it happens. John Paul II was good friends with Mother Teresa of Calcutta, St. Francis and St. Clair, right? They just kind of hang out together. So anyway, so he was formed up there and then he ended up making his way down. When he comes to the United States, to Louisiana, he's on a train and it's recorded what happened. He was coming in to help bring the sacraments um, to a desperately needed area called New Orleans, Louisiana, where the yellow fever had broken out. So historically, if you know your history, you know that this was a tragic moment in, in this area, right? 
People were dying left and right. You know, it was unbelievable um, pandemic to a degree, right? <clears throat> so he's on a, on a train coming in, and he was speaking to a woman. It's, it's recorded that whenever she, she asked him, where are you going? He said, I'm going into New Orleans. And she said, why in the world are you going there? Everybody's fleeing from New Orleans. And he said, I'm going to be able to provide the sacraments for those who are dying of yellow fever. And he said, and I myself will be dead within a year. So he prophesied his own death. And it was almost to the day on October the 4th that he died. And it was a hurricane that was coming in. <laughs> so the hurricane's going crazy. He spent hours and hours and hours in the confessional. And he was always going out into the, to the needs of the community and anointing those who were dying of yellow fever. They said that he was so attentive to their needs that he would literally sleep on a wooden bench at the front door. So that if somebody knocked in the middle of the night that needed an anointing, he'd be able to go and help them. So on the night that a hurricane was coming in, he dies and the church bells begin to ring. And they said all of a sudden, hurricane, no hurricane, New Orleans came in and they flooded the church because he was such a popular priest. In one year, he affected thousands of people's lives because he came in to do the will of God, right? And so he really, he tugged my heart as a priest and, uh, and really became my formation director. I would always go to him. Uh, you know, in my prayer, like Francis, you got to help me out here, man, because my, my heart wants to cruise. It wants, it wants to go other, other directions. Um, I need you to help me. Because he also had a great love for seminarians. He was a formation director in the Redemptorist Order. So, uh, so I had a, a great affinity to him and friendship with him. But in the gospel today, um, it's, at, it's at work right here, the active life and the interior life. Francis could have just focused on the active life. There's a lot of people that need to be helped. But it came out of his deep interior life with our Lord and our Lady. And that's what fueled him in his, in his works of mercy, right? Because without prayer, before we go out and do works of charity or any sort of work, then it, it's not going to have the effect that it would have if it's a, it's, it's a motivation and it's being fueled by our prayer life, right? Because if it's just we're busy, priests can be really, really, really busy and not pray. That's not called holiness. That's called activism, right? And so we got to realize that God, in this scripture passage today, he's sitting with Martha and Mary, and Martha is a very busy woman. And sometimes we all have that Martha syndrome, don't we? Oh, I'm just like Martha. Well, good. Martha was a saint, so be like her, <laughs> right? We forget that. Martha and Mary both became saints, Martha is just at the beginning of her walk with Christ. That's what's happening. She's, she's a busy woman. Jesus is later going to use that in a very wonderful way uh, within her life. And she says, Lord, my sister's just sitting there. Like, like tell her to come help me in the kitchen. <laughs> right? And she says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious about many things. You see, this is what happens, guys. Busyness is often a result of anxiety. Right? And so if I'm anxious, i got to do something. <laughs> so Martha is an anxious woman, and she's very busy covering up her anxiety, where Mary is like wide open with the Lord, sitting in peace and contemplation. And he says, I'm not going to take that away from her. She chose the better part, right? It's good. But I think about Martha. What would it have looked like with Martha if she would have come and said, guys, I'm really working hard to prepare this, this, this jambalaya for you guys because it's really what we do, especially in times of hurricanes. Um, 
And I, I would really love to sit in here and visit with y'all, but can you just come into the kitchen with me? Can you just come and hang out in the kitchen? Because I want to be part of the conversation. I want to be part of the friendship, right? But instead, Martha, in her anxiety, panicked and fussed at her sister and tried to get Jesus to correct her, right? <laughs> if that had just been a little twist of Martha's heart going, Jesus, I want to sit like Mary's doing. But I can't. Somebody's got to cook the food. So will you just come into the kitchen with me? And we can all talk there. Could have put a little different twist. And so maybe that's the invitation today. We're all busy. We are a very busy people, right? There is a heresy that's named after America. It's called Americanism. And it's busyness. So what would it be like if today, in the midst of your busyness, you just say, Jesus, can you just come with me to this meeting? Can you just come with me to my office? Can you just come with me to my, to my house as i got to go grocery shopping and i got to fix supper tonight for the kids? Can you just come with me and just be part of my day? Right? I'm pretty sure he would enjoy that. And I think we would have a lot more peace as we go about the busyness of our day. Amen?